Show time is 6.19. Derek Hansen with you. This is Couch Potato Radio. It's a pleasure to have. It's been way too long. Seth Stowes from Twins Daily is with us. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thankfully, uh, not too bad as far as the Twins are playing. And yeah. we actually want to talk about them this year. Well, that's a good point. When we talked about last year, we just wanted to talk about you know one of your specialties is the minor leaguers because we're trying to think about uh, what's ahead because they got out of hand in a quick, quick hurry. And, uh, you know, and I guess to your point, talking about some of the trades that they made and all that, it, it was worth talking about last year because it turns out some of these young kids are pretty good and are helping out in the, you know, not only the bullpen, but the starting rotation too. And in the lineup and everywhere, I yep. feel bad for the St. Paul Saints who are probably hoping on and planning on having a bunch of prospects there. Well, they're all, they're all up in the big leagues now. So, but like you said, I mean, getting, you know, the contributions they are from Joe Ryan and Josh Winder and, and, uh, Joan Duran and, and, you know, I mean, Griffin Jackson isn't a rookie, but he really is. And, and then you talk about Miranda and Lewis and others. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch this team. You know, you mentioned Miranda, and maybe if they can move Carroll off there, too, to help out. Is Sano, I mean, what's going to happen there? I mean, Miguel Sano, I mean, it's going to take him forever to get his timing back. He didn't have it before he got injured, right? So, I mean, right. are we going to see him again, like ever in a Twins uniform? You know, that's a tough question. My assumption initially when he got hurt was, yeah, he'll come back and, you know, he'll have some time to, you know, get back into it and he'll do what he always does, which is whatever the prorated version of 30 home runs is. And, uh, you know, but, you know, they put him on the 60 day uh, injured list and, you know, you hear about, you know, you've got a rise playing first base now and then Miranda's over there and, um, you know, they certainly have other options. Kirilov can be when he gets back. Um, we might have, you know, they probably would do it nicely in some way like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually, I think, a possibility that he might be just done. Well, I I, I totally think so. I mean, because you know, in the Terry Ryan era, that happened a lot, right? We um, a friend of mine, we used to joke about the remember when Brian Kenny got hurt and he wasn't pitching well, and he got hurt, and he just, we never saw him again. It was like Chuck on Happy Days, right? I mean, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> it was just he disappeared and no one ever talked about him again. Joe Mays, that's kind of what happened to him at the end of his Twins career. You know, he just wasn't pitching well. He got dinged up a little bit. We never saw him again. And I just wonder if that's not going to be the case with Miguel Sano. Yeah, it's very possible. And obviously the surgery and a legit injury, I mean, a legit meniscus tear. Right. Um, you know, it's going to take him a while just to get back. And, uh, you know, maybe they just, especially if they're contending and they do have an option at first and a rise that can hit, um, you know, they're, they're, they don't have as much incentive to be patient. No. And let's face it. I like Miranda too. I mean, that, that there you can see why they're high on this kid. I mean, that's a, that's a nice little, and he just, he looks the part too, right? He kind of reminds you a little bit of more. No, when you're coming up, he said, that guy looks like a first baseman. Yeah. You know, and he's got the ability to play third, but man, we've seen Gio or Shella make some great plays at third base. Um, yeah, Miranda's definitely struggling. I think he's sitting about 114, and he's kind of back to his old ways of just swinging at everything, sure. uh, which, you know, I mean, he's had 35, 36 plate appearances in the big leagues. I, I don't expect him to be a full-out veteran quite yet, but, I mean, you absolutely can see the potential that's there in his bat with the doubles, the home runs, and all of that. Well, he was 
He is born two months after Randy Moss got drafted. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's. I mean, this is a pretty young yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got to take that Holy into consideration. <laughs> I just blew your mind with that one, didn't I? <laughs> Absolutely. I feel really old right now. <laughs> I, just, I just totally blew your mind with that. No, because I looked him up the other day. I said, well, how old is this I've heard of him before. Yep. Uh, June 29th of 1998. So he was born two oh. months two months after. See, I'll let you use that. Use that in your Twins Daily. Yeah. Right? Well, I was done with, done with college, too. I. That's kind of how I used to measure. It's like I don't want free agents that are older than me. Now it's like so many of I mean, there's nobody as old as me in baseball anymore. Even Bartolo Colon's not around. And, <laughs> well, boy, that's just it. Now, now we're like, now we're watching kids and living vicariously through him. Seth Stowe's with yeah. us from a Twins Daily. Well, to to that point, I mean, here's when I felt the oldest. This is like oh, 16 years ago, probably. So I went to a, I was substitute teaching. I went, got invited to a bunch. And when you're teachers, you know, you get invited to all the graduation parties. And sure. as, as a sub teacher, I didn't know how I was going to fill all these cards with money. It was a little tough. I go give movie passes or whatever. And that added up after a while. But, but, yeah. uh, so they, one of the things is she, they had a bunch of 1987 World Series stuff. Well, she was born the year of the 1987 World Series, right around that time. I was like, okay, that made me feel old. And that made me feel old. You know, that was, 11 years before. So that was, you know, 16 years ago. Yeah. Now we're talking 15 and one Vikings year. That's that, that kind of blows your mind away. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to take a nap. Yeah, I, mean, this is, I, I have blown Seth's mind away with this uh, conversation <laughs> right now. Um, I'm so old. <laughs> you know, so many trades are made uh, right now. You know, getting rid of Nelson Cruz when he wasn't going to do any good and picking up Joe Ryan, that's working out pretty well for the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, it seemed like a great trade right at that time uh, just because, like you said, the Twins weren't going anywhere. Cruz is um, not going to come back this year. Um, To get Drew Strotman, but mainly to get Joe Ryan, man, that guy, um, he looks just so unflappable on the mound. Um, and again, he's young, he's still not, you know, perfect or whatever, but man, he's definitely started out his career about as well as you can hope. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing. And the confidence he has on the mound and the confidence to ask, ask the umpires what, where that pitch was. I've never seen that from a young guy before. Yeah. And usually it comes across poorly when they do, but yeah, he makes it look like he's been pitching in the league for, for a long time. He's just so natural, so fluent, uh, and he doesn't look like he's overthrowing. And not that he throws real hard. He tops out at probably 94, maybe touches 95, but he just it looks so so fluid, so yeah. uh, effortless. It's, it's really fun to watch, especially when he's got a uh, really good command. Yeah, for sure. Um, if you have a question for Seth Stoes from Twins Daily, 237-5948-1-800-880-5346. You can text us, 35270. Just put Derek so I know it's directed here for Couch Potato Radio. You've been talking about him for years. Uh, he was a young man I was trying to get to meet up with when I went down to uh, cover some after-spring training stuff I wanted to cover because Toby Gardner was the manager down with the what was then known as the Miracle, now the Fort Myers Muscle. But uh, Royce Lewis, uh, boy, he's living up to the hype. I, I, how do they send him down? I mean, can he play anywhere else when Correa comes back? That's he's. I hate to see him out of the lineup. He's really showing progress, and 
he's going to have to play every day, obviously, down in St. Paul. That's where they're going to pro- probably bring him back down. But, man, he's a weapon. Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, you know, of all the people I've met in the Twins organization, I put Royce Lewis right up at the top of the list of all around just good people. So for him to have missed the last two years and not only come back to AAA and done well there, but, man, he's I'm not saying he's playing like an all-star, but he's definitely holding his own, oh, you know, when you yeah. consider how little he's played since the injury, that I think you have to consider it. You know, I mean, Miranda could go down. Kirilov is already down. Um, there's other options of guys that could move down. Now, you asked where else he has played. In high school, uh, he played one year of shortstop. His first three years in, in high school were at third base, so he certainly could do that. Uh, he went to the Arizona Fall League a couple of years ago and played everywhere except for short. Uh, he got a lot of time at second base. He played a lot of center field. I certainly think he could play the corner outfield positions. Uh, he's just such a good athlete. I, you know, it, it would take a little bit. You know, it's kind of like Nick Gordon didn't just become a good center fielder overnight. But, um, you know, I certainly think he's put himself into that conversation. But like you said, too, uh, you want him playing every day, especially with how much time he's missed. So uh, if, if that means AAA for the short term, that that's just what it'll have to probably be. Well, but here's the other thing is we talked about a guy who was like a full-time DH last year. They don't really have a, a guy, right? So, I mean, for me, that can they rotate guys around a little bit to DH? I mean, that's kind of what they have to do, and that's where I think he could fit in where if you know, if you want one of these guys to just decide to be the hitter that night, let him do that. Well, and you consider, you know, he was the number one overall pick. Carlos Correa was the number one overall pick. Byron Buxton was the number two overall pick the year Correa was number one. And with how they're playing Buxton as he's coming back from injury, he's playing a game at DH, playing a game in center, and then getting a day off. And there's two games there that, you know, Theoretically, Royce Lewis could play uh, center field, and you got to think they'll bring back Correa somewhat uh, hesitantly or slowly, and maybe that means it's a DH day, and he can still play some shortstop. Um, you know, obviously Gilberto Celestino's played terrific, but I mean we are talking about Royce Lewis here, and and uh, as much as you hate to think of it like that, uh, his prospect status is just that much higher. Uh, a couple text messages in. If, if, if you want to talk to Seth Stos from Twins Daily here on Couch Potato Radio, Derek Hans with you, 237-5948. You can text us, 35270. A text comes in, Seth, what exactly is the deal with Buxton? Is he hurt? Is he on an inning count? I kind of went on a rant about this. I don't know if you heard on the Jack Michael show today. What's your take on it? You may disagree. We disagree a lot sometimes, but <laughs> what's your take, Seth? <laughs> You know, and and not being there and not really talking to him about it or not maybe knowing everything, I'm always a little bit hesitant to uh, be too upset about anything. Uh, At the same time, he did have the knee uh, issue, and there's the hip issue, and there's his whole injury history. And I think the idea is basically, okay, let's not play him 10 straight days. Let's... Let's figure out how we can maximize the number of games he plays over the course of the year. And if we can have him out, you know, once or twice a week, even though it's incredibly frustrating as a fan, you want him out there every day. Uh, If that means he's going to be healthy all year um, or healthy enough to not miss an extended period of time, 
I'm all I'm on board. Um, it's just when you don't know, when it's not like a a torn meniscus or an ACL or a shoulder, and it's soreness of the hip or soreness of the knee. Um, it's it's frustrating because you you want him out there, you want him available as much as possible. Um, but again, with his history and and I mean Rocco Baldelli is the same thing. He he was the same type of player as Buxton is, and he had injury issues all along. And so I'm sure if there's anyone that understands what Buxton's going through, it's Rocco Baldelli. Yeah, and you know Chris Coast kind of mentioned that today when we were with. Uh... Jack Michaels too, because they were on the bus getting ready to go down to Kansas City, and I do think there's something to that. But I guess me with my uh, sound like a snob now with my communications degree, that's got to be better because I want to know if Buxton wanted to play. I want to know if his knee is sore because I think you can. I, I think Rocco's approach is saying that was our plan. We're sticking our plan. He he, he wasn't even going to pinch hit or whatever. Well, that's weird. Now you're cutting your roster off by a man, right? I mean, I just think if if he's having problems, he needed a day. I can accept that. But when you got a paying attendance on a Saturday night at home wanting to see the best player on the team, you know, sit him tonight then. Because I mean, there's going to be eight people at the game in Oakland tonight. I mean, not many people can stay up. I mean, you know what I'm getting at? I just I think that it's, yeah. a, it's a weird message to say to a sports that's trying to keep any fans and actually get new fans that you're not going to play a star player on a Saturday night against a division rival. And maybe you could have gone up four games over the weekend instead of just three. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's a fair point. I just think with the uh, injury history of uh, of Buxton, and like I said, kind of in a way of Baldelli, um, you know, I think they're just going to do what they feel. And when I say they, it's Buxton in conjunction with Baldelli, with the training staff, with the doctors, with the front office. Well, I'm say, sure they're all. I'm sure Derek on and Thad are in on this conversation. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Derek Felvey, yeah, no Thad Levine, the two. Uh, kind of player personnel guys, that is for sure. Sesto's with us at Twins Daily. And uh, another text message comes in for you. Who's the twin we miss the most right now? Liam Hendricks? What's your take? Boy, that is a good question. I think that is a good answer in the sense that, um, especially after trading Taylor Rogers, there are questions in the bullpen. Now, the bullpen's been for the most part, really, really good so yep. far, which has been a surprise. But, man, if you can throw a Liam Hendricks in at the end of a game, that uh, that would sure be nice. Uh, boy, I might have to give that a little more thought and work a text to you sometime as I come up with about 10 more names after we go through here. But, uh, boy, yeah, Liam Hendricks is a great, great name for sure. What was your take? I mean, I haven't talked to you since the uh, Taylor Rogers trade. And I understand on a surface you get a couple pitchers for one, but man, and and granted they got a pretty nice return. Obviously, if you look at what they what's helping them out now after the Ryan Presley trade, but I, I still wonder if Presley went to help them out when they made that uh, wild card run. Going back to how many years ago was that? I mean, I just to have a guy like Rogers who can close out a game from the left side. That's a tough guy to give up. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Um, we also know that they really like Chris Paddock, who was really coming on and throwing harder and showing a, what he could do when he got hurt, which, of course, was always part of the concern of right. the trade. Right. Um, you know, Emilio Pagan has, has certainly turned things around here in the last week or so, but he's a little scary when he's not throwing strikes. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's no question. They knew they were giving up a lot in Taylor Rogers for one year, but I think for Paddock, they were more than happy to do that. And unfortunately, you know, it's very likely that Paddock may not make another pitch this year. And even if he has Tommy John, you know, he'll come back very early next year, but there's no guarantees with that either. So it's one of those things I really understood it at the time. I get it at the time. There's a lot of chemistry concerns that make it a little bit scary. But, yeah, the paddock injury potentially brings that down a little bit. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's certainly going to be interesting to see uh, you know how this plays out. But that's one thing that uh, you know, might be a second guess that they can't close out some games. Because I, I, I think to myself, Durant going into Rodgers, that'd be a nice eighth and ninth inning one-two punch, punch right now, wouldn't it? Well, and, and really, Pagan, when he's throwing strikes, which he has most of his career, he's he's pretty good. Griffin Jacks has really taken a big step forward. Yeah. Um, that bullpen's actually pretty pretty good. Well, getting Duffy back to his normal role has helped out too, don't you think? I mean, I think they tried to put him in a tough situation. That, you know, mentally, some of those guys just couldn't do it. I mean... A guy that you and I know pretty well, Latroy Hawkins, yeah, as, as a closer in 2001, it didn't work out. But being that setup guy, man, right. he was lights out. And he played for another about 15 years yeah. after that because <laughs> he was so good. Now, I mean, Duffy uh, has has uh, he's been really good. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if a lot of people realize just how good he's been, say, over the last four or five years. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was interesting that they gave him the first shot at the closer job. I also think it's interesting, especially Baldelli and Johnson, that they gave up on it after one game. That's not really their MO either. Is, you know, they want to give guys more opportunities than just one. That's small sample size. So, yeah, it's really been interesting. And then the, the emergence of uh, Joan Duran obviously helps uh, soothe that a little bit too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, final thing for Sestos from Twins ba- uh, Daily is, okay, we're all happy. We're, we're kind of, you know, doing typical sports fan stuff here, griping about a team that's in first place that I don't know if we really <laughs> thought that they'd be three games in first place as we're a week and change outside of Memorial Day. But that's the good news. Who else could we see? I mean, who do you like down in St. Paul and Wichita and beyond? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, from St. Paul, we've seen probably everybody, <laughs> uh, obviously, Kirilov will get back at some point. Larnick uh, really was playing well before going on the injured list. Um, you know, right now there's just a lot of veterans at AAA. So I'd look down to Wichita where they've got, um, you know, Simeon Woods Richardson, one of the players they got in the Jose Barrios trade. He's off to a really good start. Um, and they've got a couple pitchers that have just kind of moved in there. Matt Cantorino, uh, I think he's thrown 17 straight innings without giving up a run uh, um, they're being very cautious with him going three or four innings at a time, as opposed to extending him, uh, because of some issues last year, as far as, uh, injury and, and durability. Uh, the one name at, at St. Paul that I'm thinking of now, Jordan Belazovic is on the 40 man roster. He might be the twins best pitching prospect. Um, but he's only made two appearances there so far. He started the year with a knee injury which, of course, isn't quite as concerning as an arm injury, but it's going to take him a little while, so he's not necessarily ready uh, today. But, you know, these are all names that I think we can see up this year. Interesting. Well, I, I, I find that intriguing because, I mean, you mentioned a knee injury, but you got to land or push off with one of your knees. And yep. it just, it's always a, it's, it, it's all combined for those guys, too. Well, enjoy yeah, 
Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what's exciting is that, yeah, the Twins have plenty of hitting prospects. They always have. But it's finally a situation where there's some pitchers that are exciting, uh, not only that are showing up now, and even Bailey Ober, uh, who we haven't mentioned, but they're getting an opportunity, and they're really the front office has really done a good job the last three, four years of of uh, developing a pitching pipeline, which is you know again something as Twins fans we really haven't seen. That's a very good point. Very good, but I mean that you think about it, it shouldn't be all that surprising. Where did Derek Felvey come from, right? I mean that Cleveland who yeah. who learned the you know the Guardians. The artist formerly known as another nickname. Uh, they, they, they were the masters of it, right? I mean, they owned the division in the past couple of years because of what they were able to do with getting some young pitchers. So it certainly does make sense. Well, the, the next two nights, I don't know how late you can stay up, Alyssa. I'm going to do my best. I got to do morning sports the next couple of days with Jack on the road. So we'll see how it plays out. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the Twins being in first place, and we'll read your stuff, okay? Look forward to it. Thanks, Derek. You bet. Sesto's with us. Twins Daily here on Couch Potato Radio.